0: Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church, or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you, and enjoy. Morning all. Good
1: morning
0: um, Let's just uh, start with a prayer. Father, I offer this up to you, Father. I'll just ask that your words, what you want, comes through, Father. Father, I just uh, love what we've been doing so far as a church and hope that our offerings to you in worship are are what you desire, Father. Lead us in what you want us to do. Amen. Amen. Right. two sort of parts to this um, Sunday Um, we've been um, obviously we've come through the Easter season and we've been looking at all the parts of the Easter story death and resurrection and we looked at um, the time Jesus with his disciples then the ascension looked at Pentecost and last week we looked at the Trinity Okay, well one thing that um, has always had a sort of a place in my um, my heart, my tradition being brought up very um, in a very Catholic sort of uh, tradition. Um, one of the main sort of prayers that is said in the Mass is the Creed, and we've been looking a bit about the Creed. Um, recently in beds. So I want to bring a little more to why I feel it's a great prayer. And something, you know, a year or so ago, I would ha- I have this uh, a song that we're going to sing in a little while. I just had on in the car every day, just a statement of faith as you go into the day. I just found that very good. So, where does the creed come from? Well, (laughs) it's got a chequered history, Okay, as is most things in the church. Um, Obviously, Pentecost came and the Spirit of God came upon the disciples and then they went out. And they spread quite far around the region, spreading the word, and lots of churches were, were, com- were sprouting up, Christian churches. And other people would hear the word and then go off and tell. And the word was spread, but just like Chinese whispers, the word gets diluted, it gets sort of tainted, and people weren't necessarily wanting to let go of their old customs and their old beliefs and just would try and sort of tack Christianity on or fit it in. And so there came a point when um, there were a number of heresies around. and, And Paul did sort of lead us uh, you know, in his writings, told us about these heresies and how we needed to check ourselves against them. And so um, there were various meetings, but one of them was brought together under Constantine, right um, who is said to have been a Christian. But he actually only converted on his deathbed. But he brought together the council at uh, uh, Nicene. Okay? Uh, Of a lot of different Christian um, bishops or believers together. Um, And, (sighs) you know... You sort of, sort of initially you think, well, that was a you know meeting, came together, they had this big, nice discussion, and then they came away. Apparently it was nothing like that. It, it was quite fractious. Um, now, obviously, people who had um, certain ideas that, that, to begin with, at, Ni- at Nicene, was the fact that the, the people accepted that God, there was God the Father, God the Son. And they didn't know what to do with God the Spirit, right? But they came and they, they made this declaration, okay, the nice, uh, and came up with a creed which was based around statements about God the Father and God the Son. And whether or not there was a statement about the Spirit is, is something else. But then a number of years later... Uh, uh, the reason why Constantine sort of brought this together was because it was political, because uh, of the number of Christians within the empire. He just thought it would further his political standing and his right to be king. Apparently, a, a year or two after the, this sort of meeting, he was he murdered two of his close relatives. Um, so he, you know, to say he was a Christian at that point is Rather dubious um, so and uh, but how how are we to know how God pulls things together you know we't we can 't we can't say that it wasn 't something that was you know that god wasn 't in the midst of but anyway um Number of years later, there was another meeting in Constantinople, and um, it was at this meeting that they talked more about the Spirit and came up with what we now know as the Nicene Creed. <laughs> okay, um, a, a statement of faith. So, if you said you were a Christian but could not stand. Could not agree with anything written within that, then you didn't you didn't match up to the Christian uh, body. So, and we know, and nowadays um, there are Christian groups within that call themselves Christian, believing Christ, within Egypt and Africa that come from groups of. Christians that moved off in those days, and we wouldn't consider some of their traditions in any way Christian but they they, they have that sort of belief and you know our, our Christian church has it's grown through the centuries, has had some horrendous times yeah. and you know it makes you sort of wonder you know God you you know you're trying to put us you know not in charge because you're you're our head but you you're trying to get us to reach out yeah. to the world and yet sometimes we implode yeah so um there were various um things so In the early church, they had what was called the rule of faith, which was, um, I think, mainly from what the apostles were saying, the teachings of the apostles, Paul, and one thing or another. And then that grew into what we know as the Nicene Creed. And um, we have what's termed the Apostles' Creed, which is a a little shorter than that. So if we go to the next slide. This is the Apostles' Creed. I believe in one God, the Father of the Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again and he ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the Communion of Saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Right, Catholic meaning universal church. Yeah. So, if, most people, most people, if they've been to any form of um, Christ, uh, sort of Church of England or Catholic. Um, service will have said that. And sometimes people just say it. It's something that you respond. And as as such, it can be something that's said with the mouth but doesn't reach you. Yeah? yeah? So, well, I, 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 sort of, I feel that it's something that, it is a, profes- a profession. It just basically is in a nutshell yeah the core beliefs of Christians and we've got to be able to stand the Christians, it's the body of Christ, the body of Christ is anyone who, who lines up with this statement yeah Christ is the head we are the body and we've got to have we have to have this, this something that unites us this statement. We don't have to agree with everything other people do. We, have to, we are part of a body. Absolutely. Christ is the head. His, his ears, his eyes, his nerves reach, should reach into us and lead us in what we have to do. And many nerves that go down. And one of them touches us as a church. And one of them touches us as individuals within the church. Yeah? So we're, we've got to realise that our expression of our faith, what we believe in, is something that we hope that we receive from Christ. Yeah? We cannot judge other people. as a, Going through university, <laughs> I um, had, had a number of friends um, who were within the Christian Union and I was still in um, the chaplaincy. <laughs> and they would try and sort of tell me that I was totally wrong. I wasn't a Christian. And I couldn't believe this. Because I knew that God spoke to me. I I felt God's hand on my life. So, that you know, it just didn't line up. But I know that... And, and I would, I would, I'd would be terrible because I'd, I'd react quite negatively towards them. You know, they thought it was funny to give me a present of a, a Bible that didn't have the Apocrypha in, you know. <laughs> a non-Catholic Bible. <laughs> but, uh, you know, these of things... But I knew that it wasn't till I... That my God told me because i I felt him that you know th- about things so I, I, I you know I came to a realization of my faith, which doesn't line up with certain elements of Catholicism, but I know that there are mighty people in the Catholic Church working Absolutely. in line with god 's word. Yeah. I know that there are mighty people in the Church of England. Mighty people in other Christian groups. And we need to line up and say, we stand as a body and we line up. And this is our core statement of faith. Right, so we're we're going to sing it. Has everyone heard the hill songs? <laughs> right. Because, <coughs> uh, you know, this is...
1: Father everlasting be your creating one God almighty through your holy spirit conceiving Christ the Son Jesus our Savior I believe Forgiveness is in you. Descended into darkness, He rose in glorious light, Forever seated high. I believe in God the Father, I believe in Christ the Son, I believe in the Holy Spirit, our God is three in one I believe in the resurrection then we will So Spirit, our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that he will rise again. I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in the name of Jesus. For I believe in the virgin birth, I believe in the saints communion, and in your holy church. I believe in the resurrection, when Jesus comes again, for I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in Christ, His Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection, that we will rise again. For I believe in the name of Jesus. I believe in God, our Father. I believe in
0: I know singing it takes a lot longer <laughs> but, uh, anyway. so I hope that, as a church, we take on board the creed, even if it 's just in our daily lives, we just reaffirm you know what we do believe, and you know as I say, you know sometimes in the morning it, it 's good to sort of rouse our souls to say, "No, this is what I believe." Yeah. Rather than going into school or my work, get bombarded with everything, and get yeah. the day clouded. It's
1: really
0: good. Okay, so it's not separate, but this sun, last Sunday we celebrated the Trinity. Right, so Father, Son, Holy Spirit, summed up obviously within the Apostles' Creed. In the church calendar, this Sunday is called Corpus Christi. Okay. And there's some readings uh, from the lecture, let me go to the next slide. Alright, uh, for today, from Genesis. Then Melchizedek king of Salem brought out bread and wine. He was priest of God Most High, and he blessed Abram, saying, Blessed be Abram by God's most, God Most High, creator of heaven and earth. And praise be to God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hands. Then Abram gave him a tenth of everything. We have the psalm of David. I trust in the Lord when I said, I am greatly afflicted. In my alarm I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vow to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the dead of his faithful servants. Truly I am your servant Lord, I serve you just as my mother did and you have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. In the New Testament we have two readings. John, I am the living bread. This is after the feeding of the 5,000. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply among themselves. How can this man give us flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died. But whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. Okay. I'll leave that on there for the moment. So, this is the feast of Corpus Christi and Corpus Christi means body of Christ. Um, It's a fairly, I suppose, modern feast. It arose in the sort of Middle Ages. Um, it was an Augustan nun, Saint Juliana, um, lived in Belgium. Um, she decided to have the feast in the church devoted specifically to the to honouring the Eucharist. Um, Now normally the Eucharist is celebrated on Maundy Thursday but that is a time of somberness within the church and she felt that this was a bread and the cup was something to be celebrated and so that's why um, she wanted this feast. It didn't come about immediately Um, it uh, it was adopted in 1325, okay? And Thomas Aquinas um, was requested by the Pope to write the office or whatever it is. And it was celebrated quite widely around Europe and in other countries. It sort of died off um, the... It normally comes with a procession through... Towns and things with flowers and things, and I think holding the Eucharist going through the town to show the body of Christ, you know. Um, But uh, the tradition of marches, uh, religious marches, died out in Britain quite uh, a a couple of hundred years ago, so we haven't had it here, but it's still. Um, goes on in France, other European countries, and obviously South America and places like that. But obviously, it's it's deemed to be quite a Catholic and High Church of England feast because it's looked upon as, obviously, a feast of communion, the Eucharist. Um, Obviously... The Catholics believe in tra- that the bread and the wine, when it's blessed by the priest, becomes the body and blood of Jesus. That's called transubstantiation. Big bad right. Okay. Um, there's, there's no sort of biblical backing for, for that. <laughs> okay. But, you know, that's how they uh, how it's looked on, um, then there's consubstantiation right, and this idea is that the communion uh, in communion the body and blood of Christ and the bread and wine coexist in union with one another, and this is a Lutheran idea okay, but either way what what they're trying to I think what they want to get across is that this is not something that is you know just ordinary right Christ you know at the Passover meal the Passover was a very big family feast right in in Israel right (coughs) So the disciples obviously left their family to follow Jesus. Even at this at the Passover, they weren't returning to their families. Yeah? They were with Jesus, that family in the upper room. Right? And there obviously we 've heard from the readings he gives the bread to show that he was about to die for them, yeah that he was laying down his life, he was becoming the ultimate sacrifice, um, not that they understood it at that time, not that they understood what the the word said when he was talking about that after. Yeah. Feeding of the five thousand. You know that until you eat my flesh. It's quite a. It's a very strong word. Eat my flesh. So what? What is it? I mean, so we know that in Christ is the Word of God. Right. Now you know that if we can read something and you know t- two seconds after we've read it we've forgotten it you know we're just sort of skim reading or whatever sometimes we meditate on the words and we really bring out those mean that meaning we chew it over in our mind just an idea that that's what we've got to do when we when we take the bread we have to If you don't chew bread, right, you are going to not feel very well because it sits very heavy in your stomach. Yeah? You have to chew bread. So, just an idea. We have to, you know, we have to take the words of Christ, the word of God, and, you know, really look on it and. Sort of meditate on it, and the the mere fact that we take the bread and we're chewing it we're supposed to remember that's that was what Christ said. remember me, remember what I am doing i 'm laying down my life for you so that you can have life because the Old Testament, God gave manna from heaven. That was enough to sustain them for a day. It led them one day at a time through the desert. But Christ has given us himself to lead us through every day, through whatever we have to face. And it's not going to end. And we then come into glory with him. Because he has taken that... That place as the sin offering. The animal that was brought to the t- to the altar to as a, try and as a, an offering against your sin. It could never wipe away your sin. It that that <laughs> the process of bringing an animal to the temple for the priest to slaughter to to wash away was really to just bring you into the fact that you know you've sinned and you feel some repentance. But that's as far as it went. It wasn't until the Paschal Lamb was sacrificed that he was the only one who could take away the sins of the entire world. So, in... A Feast of Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. I you know it is this celebration of life that we get through that sacrifice through you know that to remember what we do when we take bread and wine, yeah. Um, I I love that we do take bread and wine. I sometimes think we don't take it often enough, because we are, you know, when we meet, we should be doing that, be thinking about God and thinking about and talking about Him. Just, you know, it, it it should be a vehicle for Christ to be well within our in the midst of us and taking, you know, that central place. So I'm I'm talking to myself as much as anybody else. I'm going totally off what I've written. Um, So you know, um, in the in the Passover meal, there was the bread and the wine. And the bread and the wine are two different things. Yes. Yeah? The wine, when you gave a cup, someone, it had meaning. If a man gave a cup of wine to a lady, it was a proposal of marriage. Right? It's a covenant. It's a. It's that sort of binding yeah. too. So the cup, when we take the blood, it's Christ saying, no, I'm in covenant with you. I am with you. I, I, it's my new covenant. The old has gone. The new is here. I can bring you home. And he tells us that through this, he will write the laws on our hearts and in our minds. It's not written down, it's going to be in here. We feel it. Hopefully, you know, some people say it's your conscience, you know, you have this negative thing, you know, the conscious conscience and things. But sometimes you do know, you know, that's wrong. But we need to come, come to him again and again. Come to him in, you know, in what we read, in our reading, and just learn more of him so that it fills our life. That we know that that's, that's where we should be. He's us, the centre of our life. We're the body of Christ, Corpus Christi, is the body of Christ. Um, and Christ is our head uh, it's quite, quite amazing but the other thing is that sometimes with, even within churches some people, th- you know, the, the Bible tells us that some will be pastors some will be, you know, teachers some will be healers and things there's, you know, and sometimes we look upon a body, a human body and you say, well I don't want to be the little finger you know <laughs> I want to do something. I want to be sort of one of the muscles pumping the heart, you know, getting the blood around the body and things like that. We've got, to, we've got to put that idea of a human body away. The body, God can call us to do whatever He wants us to do. We've just got to be connected with Him. Right? Another an- analogy was that He is the vine and we are the branches. Right, Our nutrients from God, through soil, comes through him to us. Right? We're all equally essential. God's given us a role within that body. We've just got to be in tune to listen to what that is. And no part of the body, you can think of an amoeba, you know, just a bull. Know no part of it is more important than the other part of it, right? Because in God's eyes, we are all alike. Yes, Steve has been granted great vision and you know, speaking abilities, brilliant. Susie, immense singer, worship, anointing. There, your playing is great, your singing is good as well, but we don't hear you. Yet. (laughs) Okay? and Our prayer warrior. Yeah? We have so... You know, we can't... We can't all be everybody else. We are individuals. Yeah, thought of someone like me again, oh no. But anyway, we are individuals. God created each of us for a purpose. We've got to find where we are in the body. And we do that by acknowledging him first. Centre in our lives. Connect with him. And so now, I want us to... Oh, this. Question. What's this called? What? It's a Möbius strip, yes. In one of the passages, it said that Christ is is in us, and we are in Him. I try and visualise that. I can't visualise it. Right, so this is the best I've got, right? Because on the Mobius strip, if you walk on, on the outside, you'll end up on the inside, and then you'll come to the outside. Yeah? Yeah? So we can be inside and outside yeah. once anyway that, was, that was, just sort of came to me when I was trying to wrestle with the idea of being inside Christ, oh, yeah. Christ being inside us and yet being uh, anyway. so um right, so we go on to what that? right, so we're going to do communion now. Let's take communion, and while we're taking communion, I want you to think about our creed. I want to think about Christ as the centre. Now.